Hi, I'm Mike Kozer, and welcome to the Lost Ballparks podcast. It's not unusual for me to get an email or a phone call from uh, a Major League Baseball team letting me know that I've got access to a player, but only for a short period of time. Many of those players are among baseball's all-time greats. Naturally, I'd rather be able to talk to them for 30 minutes or so and really deep dive on their careers and some of the ballparks that they played in. But I certainly don't want to pass on the opportunity to ask these legends of the game a few questions, especially as it relates to their ballpark experiences. So here in Season 5, in addition to the full-length episodes that will come out each Monday, I'll also occasionally be releasing shorter episodes on Fridays. This is the first. Welcome to Lost Ballparks Extra Innings. The first ball game ever to be played in this beautiful new stadium will go in extra innings. Well, it's moments like these that make baseball the kind of a game it is. At the end of nine, it's all tied up. We go to extra innings now. It'll be the first extra inning game of the year for the Tigers. Play on in this strike three, second out, and we'll be going into extra innings. We certainly hope things are just fine for you, wherever you may be. Get yourself a nice, cozy corner. Just spend the afternoon with us. If you want to kick off your shoes, well, you go right to it. It's your day. My guest today finished his career a 14-time All-Star, two-time world champion, two-time NL MVP, 10-time gold glove winner, 1976 World Series MVP, and is a member of Major League Baseball's All-Century team and a first ballot inductee into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the greatest catcher of all time. Hey, Mike, it's Johnny Bench. Swung on and hit one on the left field. Get out of here, baseball! It's gone! Johnny Bench has tied it up! Amazing! Johnny, welcome to the Lost Ballparks podcast. Do you remember your first Major League Baseball game, the one you attended as a kid? And and if so, what do you remember about that day? Yeah, I remember my first Major League game. I went to uh, St. Louis with uh, our American Legion baseball team. Uh, my uh, Two of the pl- players on the team, uh, Larry and Gary, had a brother named Daryl Griffith that played third base for the Dodgers. So we attended the Cardinals game in St. Louis and uh, the old uh, baseball park. This is Jerry Gross with Harry Carey back at Bush Stadium. A beautiful day. Well, let's see if everybody's equipped with their transistors. You got transistors around? Okay, we'll keep you posted then. And uh, we rode up on the uh, bus. My gosh, it must have taken eight or nine hours to get there. And I can remember how beautiful the ballpark was and how how pristine the Dodgers looked in their uniforms and how here was... Here were the Cardinals, and here was Stan Musial, and here was all of this. And it was just amazing. And uh, uh, Jeff Torborg was the catcher for them. I can remember his high stirrups, calves like, I mean, I don't know why. I was always working on my legs. And Jeff actually, if I'm remembering this story correctly, gave you something that day, didn't he? Uh, he actually gave me a catcher's glove Wow! at that game. And uh, it was one of the more exciting times that I can uh, ever think about. Were there some other ballparks that your dad took you to? Uh, we did go to Kansas City as well, and we watched the Yankees play, and I got some autographs. Hello, everybody. This is Jack Buck with Carl Erskine at Municipal Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri, welcoming you to another big league baseball game brought your way by the Gillette Safety Razor Company. In 1967, as a 19-year-old, you were called up to the big leagues. That Cincinnati Reds team was loaded with talent. Pete Rose, Tony Perez, Veda Penson, Tommy Harper, Lee May, you played your home games at Crosley Field. The temperature here at Crosley Field and in Cincinnati is a pleasant 76 degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky, rather warm. 
And another beautiful, wonderful day for baseball. What jumps out to you when you think of that intimate ballpark that the Reds played in from 1912 to 1970? Crosby Field was uh, the little low fence and the small dugouts and walking. I mean, the uh, clubhouse was barely, you know, you had to go outside to change your mind. Who was your locker mate? Who did you sit next to? Veda Pinson. And what a, what a thrill that was. Yeah, I bet. Just be in, a, in the major leagues and to drive up from Buffalo and, uh, and to go to the park and see that scoreboard. I know this is going back some ways. Oh, man, 50 plus years. But what do you remember about the first game that you played there at Crosley Field? Well, my main memory was, uh, of course, my first game. I popped up on a fastball right down the middle from Dick Ellsworth. Still regret that. I, th- I said, oh, I should have hit that so far. And the other was the fact that I had 380 high and home runs, and uh, actually it was 390. There was a line across the outfield scoreboard, and there was a red line, and if you hit it above the line, it was a home run. And I hit a line drive that went actually through one of the numbers where they kept the score uh, of the games, and it broke the glass. It broke that little pane where they keep the score. Oh, man, that's crazy. And I was about a foot and a half above the line. Harry Wendelstead was the umpire, and uh, he said, no, it was a ground rule double. So I lived with 389 home runs. Johnny, you played in 14 All-Star games, 13 in a row, by the way, from 1968 to 1980. Your very first All-Star game, you're only 20 years old, but you have this short conversation with, some would say, the greatest player to ever put on a uniform. Willie Mays, a conversation that you will never forget. Take me back to that day and that moment with Willie Mays. I was chosen as a backup catcher and sitting in that clubhouse in the Astrodome, and Willie was sitting across from me, and he walked over and said, you should have been the starting catcher. Wow, what did that do for your confidence? I didn't need to play. I didn't need to do anything. It meant so much to me, and you can imagine at 20 years old, I was already, you know, just so starstruck and awestruck with all those great players in in that uh, clubhouse. Yeah, I bet. And then you fast forward three years to 1971. The 1971 All-Star Game remains among the most compelling All-Star Games ever played. Hi, everybody. I'm Kurt Gowdy of NBC Sports to call the play-by-play. And here in the home ballpark of the American League Tiger Stadium, it is hot and it is very windy. The wind is going to be a big factor in tonight's game. It's blowing from home plate to right field at 30 miles an hour. 18 first ballot Hall of Famers played in that game, including you. Batting sixth and catching from the Cincinnati Reds, Johnny Bench. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Carl Yastrzemski, Brooks and Frank Robinson, Rod Carew, Reggie Jackson. By the way, Reggie Jackson famously said that there were so many stars on the team that day that he spent most of his time getting autographs. So we'll set this up in the second inning. You are set to face the late Vita Blue. Well, Vita Blue, unfortunately, we've just lost Vita. Vita and I had been texting as recently as a couple months ago. I was hoping to have him on the podcast. That's a guy that I think should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, honestly. What a great competitor. Those first six years of his career, uh, winning the MVP, the Cy Young, an amazing athlete and just terrific. That night in July of 1971, he tried to throw a fastball by you. Stargell on first, one out. One strike to Johnny Bench. No score on the top of the second. There's a high drive to deep right center. That one is going, and it is gone in the upper deck. A tremendous drive on a high outside pitch by Johnny Bench. That home run I hit to right center field, uh, I think it's still going. (laughs) I I don't know. It was one of the hardest hit balls I've ever had. Yeah, it was crushed. You know, too bad they don't have the velo and the uh, launch angles and all those stuff now, but it was all pretty good, so. 
By 1972, the Big Red Machine is clicking on all cylinders. That year, you hit 40 home runs, knocking 125, and are named NL MVP. I want to take you to Riverfront Stadium, October 11th, 1972. Today, it's the fifth and final game of the National League playoffs at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, between the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds. In what tragically would be Roberto Clemente's final game, in the bottom of the ninth inning, the Reds trail by one. Well, they're either going to start celebrating again in Pittsburgh very shortly, or all kinds of stuff that's going to break loose here in Cincinnati in this ballpark. A moment that seemed like it was made for you. As you're walking to the plate, you hear the voice of your mom. Well, in 1972, I knew I was going to have lung surgery, and so did my mom and dad. And, and I was leading off the ninth, and uh, they screamed at me. And I ignored everybody, but they said it was your mom, and I turned around and he said, it's your mom, it's your mom. And I turned around and she said, I thought she said, hit me a home run. She said, you know what you have to do? I guess that's the same thing. Anyway, the the it was a legendary time back in, in 1972 with Dave Justy. So. And a pitch to bench. Change in the air to deep right field. What an incredible career. All-star, MVP, world champion, Hall of Famer, and the greatest catcher to ever play this game. Thank you so much for the time today. Hope you enjoy your day, Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks for uh, checking in. I will tell you that my love for baseball really began with Johnny Bench. When I woke up on Saturday mornings as a kid, I wasn't watching cartoons. I was watching the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench. I would spend a half hour watching Johnny teach baseball to a group of kids who, by the way, had to be the luckiest kids in the world, right? And then I would go outside and try to duplicate what I learned. Even today, when I hear that theme song, You can learn too. We're waiting for you. You gotta hush. You'll love the baseball bunch. It takes me right back. Hi, I'm Johnny Bench, and this is the Baseball Bunch. The Lost Ballparks podcast is produced by Xavier Guerra, Ryan Beard, Mike Lipinski, Mike Dunn, Manny Zavlakis, Kyle Schmidt, John Carter, Briggs Buckingham, Brian Bingert, and Alex Kemp. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. You certainly have a choice of how you spend your time. I'm thankful that you've chosen to spend a few minutes with this podcast each week. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to being back with you on Monday for a brand new episode of the Lost Ballparks podcast.